Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. For God is just, that's part of His nature and character, and God can't let people get away with anything. You guys know that? God can't let anything slide. Any sin ever been committed has got to be paid for because God is just. So if you're a believer, your sin was paid for where? On the cross, we're justified. God is just, he's taking care of our sin. He's satisfied the debt that our sin deserved because the wages of sin is what? Death. When we die with sin still in our hearts, we pay the price that is death. But God loved us so much he couldn't stand to lose us. So God sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus Christ was the only one who could die for our sins because he was perfect and without sin. But God wants you to choose Jesus. And that's why in today's message, Pastor Bill reminds you that the price of sin is death. But under the grace of Jesus, you can be saved, but only if you choose him. So will you accept his grace? Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 16. As he begins his message, bowls of judgment. Now we can get to the Bible. So if you guys have your Bibles, if you guys would open up to Revelation chapter 16, uh, we'll be continuing our study through the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 16. Uh, when you get it, say, got it. All right. I love it. I love it. I, I can hear the noise back. Y'all talking back. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for this new opportunity to gather, to open up your word, to study it together. Uh, Lord, um, we ask that you would be in our midst. We pray that you would open up your word to us, that you would reveal your heart and who you are and what you desire. Teach us today more about you, Lord, as we study Revelation chapter 16. Uh, I pray your blessing on the, the teaching, the hearers. Uh, prepare our hearts, Lord, to know what to do with what we hear, that your word would always be life changing and life transforming for each of us. We ask your blessing on this time. We pray this in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. All right. Well, for you guys that are following along, if you're just jumping in, if you've been going for the ride with us, we've been making our way through the entire book of Revelation. If you missed it, you can go online and get all caught up. All the studies are there. But we are we're at the end of what the Bible calls the tribulation period. So um, in the end time sequence of events, there is. Where we are right now is the church age. That was Revelations chapter two and three. The way the church age ends is an event called the rapture of the church, where we are caught up to be with the church is caught up to be with the Lord um, from that point on. And so after that, we got a couple of glimpses into into heaven and Revelations chapter four and five. And from Revelation chapter six through 19 is a period called the tribulation period where God pours out his wrath on a world that has rejected him. So we've covered a lot of things. Uh, there was seal judgments. Then there were trumpet judgments. And these final judgments that we'll cover today in chapter 16 are bowl judgments. And so they're going to be seven angels, each one of them with a bowl. And when they pour the bowl out on the earth, it's a judgment of God that goes out to the earth. Um, as, you, as we look at the different bowl judgments, some of them are parallel. What we see in the book of Exodus with the plagues that God uh, allowed through Moses to happen to Pharaoh because he wouldn't let God's people go. So some of these uh, some of these bowls are going to be parallel to some of the plagues, not all of them. 
And the thing that I would remind us as we're going to look at today is going to be a lot of wrath, a lot of judgment. God's pouring out bowls of wrath on those that have rejected him. And so what you need to know is this. If you're sitting in this room or if you're watching at home and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, God's wrath that would have gone out towards you. Where did it go? It went to Jesus, right? Jesus, when he died on the cross, the wrath that I deserve and the wrath that you deserve, he took it. He paid it in full. And so wrath is not my reality anymore. And if you're a believer in Christ, wrath is not your the wrath of God is not going to fall upon you. But as we study what God's wrath looks like, because it is a part of who God is, uh, I think it informs us. Uh, man, why it's important that we evangelize what people have to look forward to that uh, that fall on the wrong side of God. The Bible says that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. Um, and so, you know, you, you die and meet God as a non-believer. That's a scary thing. You die and meet the Lord as a believer. It's going to be awesome. Right. Well done. You're his child. Welcome in. There's, you know, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The, the scenario for the believer is worlds apart. It's so different. Uh, for the non-believer. And so as we look at these judgments, I want you to keep that in mind. Look at now Revelation chapter 16, verse one. It says, then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. And so God's been using these angels to go out throughout the earth. And this time there are seven angels. Each of them has a bowl and each bowl is going to have a judgment that is going to be poured out on the earth. Uh, for you guys that maybe were following along with this, you guys will remember a little earlier during the tribulation period, God sealed the those that have been saved. So even even during the tribulation period, they're going to be people that give their life to Christ and get saved. And then God seals them. Um, it says that he writes his name on their foreheads. And so those that are sealed, the tribulation saints, we call them. Um, these things are going to happen to those around them, but not to them. So God is protecting them from aspects of his wrath and his judgment. And you should take note of that because God doesn't punish his kids with nonbelievers. Right. God's wrath doesn't God doesn't pour out his wrath on us. I remember when I was in school, um, I have some teachers that, you know, if, if somebody did something wrong and they didn't know who did it, um, they take away reach. The whole class would sit in, the, in there. And they're trying to get somebody to snitch, you know, and say, you did it. You know, you know, little boys with spit spitballs on the wall. Who did it? You know, well, no one's going to recess until someone tells me who did it. And, and everybody would sit there. And I wasn't saying I did it. You know, um, I, I wasn't telling on me, but you'd sit there long enough and they'd have to let everybody go. But I had some teachers that would punish the innocent with the guilty. Everybody was getting the same thing. God is not like that. And we could all be glad for that. God is not punishing the innocent with the guilty. His wrath is not reserved for his kids, but for those that don't belong to him. So now look at verse two, the first judgment that goes out. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. So the first bowl is poured out and on all those who are um, not, they didn't just take the mark of the beast. They're also worshiping his image. For you guys that missed the study where we dealt with the mark of the beast, because um, there's a lot of things going on in our culture right now where, you know, there's they're coming up with, um, you know, for your identification and for for different reasons. They're talking about tracking folks and everybody's like, is that the mark of the beast? Is that that little thing they want to implant in your hand? Is that the mark of the beast? Here's what you need to know about the mark of the beast. You can go back and look at that study. 
it wasn't just a mark for identification. It wasn't just a mark to buy and sell. It also was part of the worship. It was it says that they worshiped the beast. They worshiped his image. Um, and so, you know, some people wonder if the things that are being talked about now, if that is the mark. Those things are probably not the mark of the beast, but they let us know that the technology is there for what we see in Revelation to happen. And so if they come out with some new credit card thing that they can put, implant, you're going to have some Christians that are like, no, this is the mark of the beast. Um, and they're not going to get it. You know, if your job says, man, I've heard of some companies that um, they'll put a, a, you know, something the size of a piece of rice implanted in you and you can scan your hand to get in the door. If you go to the hospital, they scan you and they got all your health history or whatever. Um, some people are just scared of that kind of stuff anyway. Um, but I just want you to know it's probably not the mark of the beast, but it, it, it proves that the technology is here today for the things that we're reading in Revelation to happen. The mark of the beast was, there was a part of it was worship. They were worshiping the beast in its image. And so this first bowl is poured out and it says loathsome sores, um, came upon the men of the earth. Um, and it's a foul and loathsome source. So these are, it's, it's gross. These are open sores, wet and pussy, nasty sores, and they had a bad odor. And so I want you to imagine this happens to everybody on the earth except except those that have been sealed by God. So consider this, because the believers that are left, that little small you know, percentage of, of you know, tribulation saints, they may be jailed. They may be kept in, in holding. You know, imagine that the whole world's got these, this nasty ailment. And just that group right there doesn't have it. Um, you think that they would look upon them and say, man, I need to repent. You know, I, I need what you have. But instead, um, we know that the tribulation saints die for their faith. They get killed all throughout the tribulation period. So the first bowl is poured out and there's foul, loathsome sores come upon the men of the earth that have taken the mark of the beast and worship his image. Verse three, it says, then the, the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became blood as of a dead man and every living creature in the sea died. There have been earlier points in Revelation where a third of the sea and a third of the were affected. This time it says when this angel poured out his bowl, the sea, this is the salt water, the ocean. The, imagine if all the ocean in the whole world turned to blood today. Imagine what that would do to the world. Whoever fishes in that, that's over. Whoever's living off of what comes out of there, that's over. I don't know if boats are going to be able to, you know, make it. The boat motors are going to go through blood the way they go through seawater. I would imagine that it would stink. It would smell like death. What if everything in the ocean died? Just imagine like, you know, right now when you think of the beach, you get down to the beach and it's like fresh, fresh air. You just get that that fresh beach air just blowing in from the coast. Imagine when everything in it turns into blood and it's dead. Imagine that. You know, that that beachside property won't be so hot no more. You know, uh, that, that's 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 what's going to happen at that point in time. It's all gone. And I believe this. Right? This is the God of creation saying, you guys didn't honor me as the creator. You didn't worship me for who I was. I own the whole sea and I just I ruined it like that for you guys. And so the whole sea is turned into blood. You know, I think right now what we're dealing with with like the whole COVID-19 it's the first time in my lifetime that I've seen something happen that was affecting the whole world. You know, I've seen things happen over my life where it was like, oh, that was happening over there in China or Japan. Or it was something that was happening maybe just here in the U.S. But this is the first time in my life where I've seen something where, man, all over the world 
everybody's affected at the same time. And it turned the world upside down. Would you guys agree? People don't know how to act. This is just a virus. This is not as big a deal as some things that we've had in the past, but it's a big deal to those that are dying from it and, and suffering from it. Um, but comparatively, compared to some of the things we're going to see in Revelation, this is not a big deal. But look at how it's affected the whole world. So here we have the whole ocean gone. Everybody's got loathsome, open, stinky sores. Verse four, the third bowl, it says, then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. So now not only the ocean, but also the springs of water, the springs of water. This is where we get our fresh water. So whatever animals you get out of the fresh water, that's over. And all of the drinking water supply is gone. So now you're going to be thirsty. Now people are going to be thirsty. There won't be a supply of fresh water if all the fresh water turns into blood. This is how we know we're we're pretty much at the end. And God is saying, I'm going to turn off. The ocean's over. The sea is over. In just a minute, the sun is going to burn you. Um, God is actually using creation as part of his judgment on those that have been left on the earth. Now, <laughs> Right in the middle of this judgment, an angel says he's just almost like an angel wants to justify God, his behavior in this. Look at five through seven. It says, and I heard an angel of the waters saying, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to come. Because you have judged these things, for they have shed the blood of saints and prophets and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And so let me say what the angel is, is communicating. The angel is saying, Lord, he he. He gives worship. He ascribes honor. He says, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and was and is to come. And so this is speaking of the eternal nature of God. This angel says, God, you are you are righteous. It's right what you're doing. And as we look at some of the things going on in our world right now, there are people that want they want things to be made right. They want they want justice for this. and They want things to be made right. This angel says, Lord, you are right in what you're doing. I want you to know this ultimate Right. Like ultimate justice. It comes from God. It's rare that with men, you know, we can get some justice with men, but a lot of times justice with men, it comes with sin. Right. If you punch me in my mouth, would you be wrong for doing that? Everybody answer me out loud. Yes, you would be wrong for punching me in my mouth. Now, if I punch you back in your mouth, uh, would I be justified in having done so if you hit me first? Who says Yes. All right. All right. My people, my people. So uh, some of y'all saying no, some of y'all saying nothing. So in, in normal scenario, this is this is the way our human nature thinks. If you hit me in the mouth, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to feel justified hitting you back in your mouth and your eye and your nose. You know, so it just would feel justified. But now look before God, am I right or am I wrong? But I was I, I was justified. You understand that? Like I can, I can, I feel justified in this sense, but over here, I know my flesh and, um, and I know what my flesh looks like, acts like. And I'm like, yeah, I was, I feel justified. It was your fault. You hit me first. That's like a three-year-old. You hit me first. Um, but before God, now I got to look and say, was that just God? The Bible says be angry, but what? Sin not. Did I sin? Was it a sin to hit you back? Maybe, maybe not. Um, if I can hit you without being mad, you know, I'm like singing worse. Kumbaya. You know, I don't know. I don't know if I can pull that off, you know. So so sometimes human justice, it can kind of get mixed in with with sin because we're sinners. God's justice is perfect. It's holy. It's pure because he is. He is. That's who he is. And this angel says in the midst, because God's doing some pretty heavy things, loathsome sores, 
Um, all the sea is blood. Now all the ocean, all the all the ocean, all the the springs of water have been turned into blood. And then he says, hey, you are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and was and is to come. Why are you righteous? This is what he says, because you have judged these things. It was right for you to judge them. Here's the deal with God. For God is just. That's part of his nature and character. And God can't let people get away with anything. You guys know that God can't let anything slide. Any sin ever been committed has got to be paid for because God is just. So if you're a believer, your sin was paid for where? On the cross. We're justified. God is just. He's taking care of our sin. He's satisfied the debt that our sin deserved because the wages of sin is what? Death. But what if you're a non-believer? Jesus is not Lord of your life. You've rejected his work on the cross and you're going about living and you're sinning. Well, God's like, man, it would be unjust if I just let you slide. You're not going to slide. You're not going to get away with it. But what if you get away with it the whole time you're living on earth? Anybody know? Anybody believe that people on earth have gotten away with murder? You better believe it. People have gotten there are people that murder people and didn't get caught. There are people that murdered somebody and somebody else went to jail for it and they're free. And it looked like they got away with murder. But did they get away with murder? No. Right. They got to die one day. They got to stand before the God, the judge who sees and knows everything. Revelation says that what is hell filled with? No liar, no murderer is going to find their place in the heaven um, lest their sins have been forgiven. But if somebody just, you know, someone can get away with everything on earth, they can feel like I did it. I got away. Nobody caught me. But one day you're going to stand before him who knows everything. And he's just he cannot let it slide. It must be paid for. These people on the earth have had their opportunity over and over and over again, and they would not have Jesus. And God is saying, well, now and just I'm a just God. I've got to I've got to pour out wrath. Wrath. I've got to judge you for your sins. And so this angel is just acknowledging because, God, you have judged all things. Verse six, he says, look at what they did for. They shed the blood of saints and prophets and you giving them blood to drink for it is their just due. The angel said, that's what they get, essentially. They killed your spokesman. They killed your prophets, Lord. They killed believers. And now you've given them blood to drink. That's their just due. That's what they deserve. And then verse seven, it says, and I heard another from the altar saying, even so, Lord God, almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. You want to wonder who is that speaking? It says, I heard another from the altar saying, you know, uh, even so, Lord, uh, almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. If you're taking notes or if you want to flip back, flip back to chapter six, verse nine. I'm going to show you who I believe is under the altar speaking here. Look at Revelation chapter six, verse nine. When you get it, say, got it. All right. It says when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them. And it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. And so these are the tribulation saints. They have died. They're there. It says they're under the altar. Their souls are, are there before the Lord. And they're saying, when are you going to avenge our blood from those who killed us? And I believe here as we're in Revelation 16, that that's who's crying out this other voice from the altar 
saying, even though, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. And God is finally dealing with those who had killed these tribulation saints. Look at verse eight. Now, the the fourth bold judgment, it says, then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and power was given to him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat. And they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent and give him glory. And so now God turns the sun up. Right. Um, right now, we live in a perfect condition. You guys know that in creation, God did everything perfectly. God hung the sun and just in the right place to where you guys know if we were any closer to the sun, we would burn. If it was any further away, we would freeze that God just everything is exactly the way God wanted it to be. It needs to be. Um, I know there's a lot of talk in our world about, you know, global warming. And, you know, if things keep going like if y'all keep throwing away your plastic stuff, it's going to burn us. Understand this. This should help you. We're looking at the end of the book. They ain't been scorched yet. This happens in a day. This is in a moment where God says, you know, the, so people haven't burned up from global warming up until this point. So so don't worry about that. You're not going to be here for this. Right. This happens in one moment in one day where God says as a judgment, turn the heat up and the sun begins to scorch men. You can't do anything about that. If the sun starts scorching, you can't get away. If God just turned up the heat to where, you know, just was going to scorch you. Just imagine that there's there's nowhere you could go to escape this. I want you to imagine the torture of being on earth. And, you know, I've, I've gone somewhere like Arizona and thought, who would choose to live here? Who would who would who would just like hell practice? I'm just practicing for hell. I'm just trying to trying to get some reps in. You know what I'm saying? Like who would choose to live where it could be 117 at nighttime? You got to be kidding me. You know, like that's just I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. You know, I should be I just stand up in the morning and start sweating. You know, so um, I would never choose that. But there are places that are hot. Imagine that it's just turned up to 175. You don't have an air condition for that. It'll burn out. Just think about what that would be like. Everybody know how uncomfortable it is to be hot. Think about being that hot. And so it said that um, men were scorched with fire. The sun was so hot. So the men were scorched with great heat. And look at how they responded. I would think that they would say they would just finally bow the knee and say, God, sorry, please have mercy. But instead, it says that they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. And they did not repent or give him glory. So they weren't sorry. They didn't repent. Instead, they blasphemed. One of the books I was reading on this said this would be like if you had if you were spanking one of your children and while spanking them, they start cussing you out. It's not like they're already in trouble. You're already you're already delivering a discipline to them. And then they start cussing you out. In most cases, that's not going to get them less punishment. I know for me, I, I never cussed at my mom my entire life. Um, but if I ever had a cuss at my mom, I wouldn't probably smile the same way I smile right now. You know, look different. So, um, I mean, imagine that God is already pouring out his wrath and then they're just blaspheming him to his face. And then they're not, it says it, it, it notes that they, they wouldn't repent and they wouldn't give him glory. It makes me wonder what if they had repented and gave him the glory? What would God have done? It makes me wonder. Um, I was having this conversation with a friend of mine last week. We were talking over these texts and we all know the unpardonable sin is, you know, rejecting Christ all the way until you you die. Um, but he was saying, well, what about the mark of the beast? Because most people believe that once you take the mark of the beast, that's it. You know, that that's it's a wrap. But he said, what if someone took the mark of the beast? But then they were they wanted to repent later. Could they or would they? Would they be allowed to? Is there room for that? 
Not really questions I could answer, but it was just something that we were kind of pondering. So here's the thing. Nobody did. There's, there's no record of someone having taken the mark and then returning or coming back. It, it, it appears if you take that mark, that's kind of a wrap from that point. You know, we, we looked at that and we covered it. But here it says, but they didn't repent. And it just makes me wonder, what if they had a repented? You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Revelation, this book is entirely fascinating, if not a little bit confusing. But don't get distracted by all the strange things mentioned and lose sight of the fact that Jesus is showing himself in a mighty way through this book. The description of Jesus in this book sounds like some fierce, ultimate superhero, someone you would want to follow but might be a little afraid of, too. But Jesus is coming to redeem a broken world. Some of the ways God will go about doing this may not be fully understandable from our perspective, but that's okay. It's still worth studying and eagerly anticipating the fact that He's coming to make all things new. What a relief. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from our Revelation series, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call 310-245-4811. Once more, that phone number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of Revelation. We look forward to our next edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill. Make sure you tune in for the upcoming message as you're sure to learn more from this intriguing book of the Bible here on A Transforming Word.